Welcome to the Leader in Red podcast, a podcast for millennial women who work the nine to five, want to feel confident in the workplace, lead effectively, and be recognized for their hustle. I'm your host, Natalie Hansford. Make sure to go follow my Instagram page at Your Leader in Red for some inspiration and real talk. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another podcast episode. Today, I have with me a guest, and her name is Allie. But before I give her an introduction, I want to tell you a little bit about what we're going to be talking about. And what we're going to be talking about is something that you probably hear, not probably, you hear it a lot on my podcast, and it is yoga. And I've been practicing yoga for about a year and a half now. Um, And Allie actually is one of the instructors that is at the yoga studio. So this entire podcast is going to be circling around how yoga changed my self-care routine. And then we're going to also get into more self-care routines, including hair products and Monet. And she's going to share her experience with that. So I want to give a warm welcome to Allie. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast today, Natalie. I'm really excited to chat and have an open conversation about my journey and things that have really led me to where I am today and that are really important to me. This is my first time ever doing a podcast, so I'm I'm excited to experience this with you and yeah. connect. Absolutely. Well, welcome. No one judges here. Trust me. I mess up all the time. <laughs> my first one was so crap. If I listen back now, my first podcast episode was so bad. So um, this is going to be great. It's going to be a good experience and you're going to want to start one of your own. So but it's amazing how you can see how far you like when you look back on your podcast to see how far you've grown. Yeah. From your first podcast. I Absolutely. Exactly. I mean, I barely can get through listening to it, but I mean it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe you can start off by telling everyone a little bit about yourself, uh, your background, and like specifically what made you start your your journey with yoga. My name's Ali. I am 26 years old and I live in Canada. I was born and raised in Barrie, which is such a wonderful community. And I have met so many amazing people along my journey, just in our small-ish hometown. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like everyone knows everyone here. And in high school, I was never one to really be good with my academics, but I was always well liked because of the sports that I played and the connections I built with teachers. But after high school, I tried to do, um, I actually tried to do two different university courses and dropped out after my first semester each time. And I really just started to recognize that I didn't have to follow the same pattern as all my friends with going to post-secondary school and because it just wasn't what filled my cup and it wasn't what I needed in my life. Totally. So, I live and breathe by that. <laughs> totally. Right? Yeah. And and it's so easy to fall into that trap of what society thinks you should be doing and the tough conversations I had with friends back then. Yeah. Of them pressuring me like, oh, you got to go to post-secondary school. And it just, it didn't resonate with me. So when I started to find different avenues where I could still learn and grow and be passionate about things, it changed my whole perspective. And this leads me into my yoga journey. And I, the first time I tried to go to college, I did interior decorating and Two weeks before my um, exams were about to start, my best friend passed away. So I dropped out. That was my reason for dropping out then. Yeah. And I, that was my reason for dropping out. And I ended up taking the rest of that school year off, of course, was going through so much. And that, that happened in December. So Fast forward to April, my mom actually started volunteering at the studio on the front desk. Oh, wow. This is like, oh gosh, like seven, eight years ago now. And I was just in a very tough, dark place back then. And my mom messaged me and was like, hey, like, come to the class today, give you a free pass. 
come try it out. And I was like, okay, sure. I remember just like getting up, getting dressed, getting my car. I had never done yoga before <laughs> in my life. And I went to the studio and I remember so clearly my first experience in that hot room. Yeah. My first, my first yoga teacher, she doesn't teach there anymore, but she is incredible. And the feeling that the practice gave me at the end, I was overwhelmed with so much emotion, but it was almost in that moment, I just knew that I had to explore this and I needed it part of my life. Yeah. So I actually ended up, um, I hadn't even met the studio owner, Rosanna, who is now one of like my closest people in my life. <laughs> um, and normally she would like interview anyone who volunteers at the studio. And she was away on vacation. They needed someone to volunteer. And it just happened so quickly where that week I started volunteering and I was now part of this incredible community at the studio. So I, um, it kind of moved quickly with that, that position. And then I actually tried to quit because I just felt overwhelmed in my life. And the, the team manager at the time was like, we're actually looking for someone to work on the desk. Would you, would you be open to that? And I was like, yeah, of course. And I always think back to moments like that in my life where you know, one decision could have changed the whole course of my path. Yeah. And the fact that she offered That's me, crazy. yeah, the fact that she <laughs> offered me that position, I was like, wicked, sure. Yeah. So, so that was in the summertime and I had full intentions to go back to school, try another course, which I did. And I did not last long at all. So then I was back in this place of, where, what am I going to do with my life? Yeah. And again, like so much pressure from society and actually never really had a lot of pressure from my parents, which I'm so thankful for. Um, they were very much like, you need to figure it out and you need to do things that are going to like benefit you, inspire you, uplift you. And so that led me into this moment where I was like, let's apply for a yoga teacher training. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that was five years ago. And I would have been 21 at the time. I was one of the youngest people in my training out of almost 70 people. And I experienced this month long training in Nicaragua. And it was, it was the most unbelievable experience. And I'm really glad that I, I was able to do that during a time, during a time where I had no commitment. You know, I, yeah. I didn't have a relationship. I lived with my parents. I, I felt as free as a bird. <laughs> and I needed that because I just, it was the experience that I, I was looking for in my life. And it's like a reset almost. Yes. Yeah. It was totally a reset. And like, even like thinking about even like starting my own personal journey, um, I don't, I think you were actually my first ever instructor to be completely Aww. honest. I don't know a hundred percent sure. I'm pretty I'm sure. I'm going to check that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was you. Um, but my, my friend, one of my closest friends, I went traveling with her and I was in a rough, uh, I was having a rough time cause I lost one of my, my closest friends. She didn't pass, um, and at all, but it just, we just kind of broke apart. Um, mm -hmm. it was very tragic for me and it was all of a sudden and, it really tore me down a lot. It, I really went through a hard time. And um, my friend was like, I'm practicing yoga and you should come to the studio. I have a, I have a free, free pass. You should join me. And I was like, okay, sure. Like whatever. Um, oh. I actually had the whole, and I, we'll get to this later in the podcast, but I had the whole like, no, like it's not even going to make me work out. Like I want to work out. Like I want to like sweat. I want to like, it's not for me, but I was like, but I'll give it a try because you love it. Um, and she was going through a major surgery. So I was like, well, if she can do it, I can do it. Um, so I went with her and it was amazing. I loved it. Like the first class I fell in love right away. The day after that, um, I went again and I bought my, my 30 like day, whatever the mm -hmm. thing was at that time. Um, and then right after that expired, I bought my year subscription. So yeah, there were no breaks after that. Once I had the first class, that was it. And I was done. And I've been, I've been going ever since. And 
I talk about it on this podcast all the time. <laughs> and I, I love that. And like, even like having a podcast episode, I'll be like, I'll try and record like five times or I'll have like a really intense day. And that is for me, the only thing that actually like releases that for me. But it's interesting how you talk about like, yes, you experience loss in it's not the same way as mine, but it is very similar. And that, so what led me to my, my teaching journey and practicing, like when I started yoga, practicing for me was, it was a, a practice of grief and letting go. Like mm-hmm. I showed up to my mat very inconsistently because what I had to deal with after was so heavy and so strong just because I would cry I would go over my yoga mat and I would cry all the time yeah and I remember going to yoga training and I they 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 say that you should have like about 200 practices under your belt before you go to training and I had only done like I think 50 and I remember telling someone that at training and he was like what really (laughs) so it's like something wrong with me but I realized over time, like my why for teaching yoga has always remained the same, which is providing support in people's journeys for their peace and healing. Like I know what it did for me during the hardest time in my life. And especially at such a young age when I didn't understand tools to manage my, my stress and my anxiety and, I, I remember one of my doctors because I thought something was wrong with me and rather than prescribing me with all these pills, he looked at me and he was like, Ali, you just lost your best friend. Like, of course, you're not sleeping at night. Of course, you're anxious and yeah. feeling depressed. He's like, you'll, you'll be okay. I'm not, I'm not giving you medication. Yeah. And that really stuck with me. And then when I found yoga as a tool to manage my emotions and control my anxiety around it and my sadness that that was so powerful for me and that's why I love teaching so much because every person that walks through those doors is going through something on whichever scale um and and people people need the practice Absolutely. I, I totally agree. And like, I think I took off like two weeks or something because my tattoo was healing and I went absolutely insane. <laughs> it was like only two weeks that. and I was going crazy. Like even my boyfriend, he was like, you need to just go to yoga. I'm like, I, I know you don't need yeah. to tell me like, well, I'm getting agitated, but no, like I, I totally agree. And everyone's there for a different reason. And specifically myself, like I even think of it well, obviously it's physical activity, but for me, I hate going to the gym. Like I just, mm-hmm. physical activity is really important for me and, and my like being healthy for me, but I hate going to the gym. I hate picking up weights and like running on a treadmill and uh, like nothing sounds worse to me than doing all those things. But for yoga, I just kind of, I'm able to like, keep to myself. It's more like in your own space rather than in a space with a bunch of people. Does that like, does that make sense? Like Totally. Yeah. I, I'm the same way when it comes to if I'm going to do a form of physical activity, I'm going to choose yoga because there's different types of classes you can take. And I know we're going to touch on that, but it's not just the physical benefits that you're getting from the practice. It's the mental, yeah. the spiritual. And I think something that we've focus so hard on at the studio is creating that space of non-judgment and accepting that everyone is welcome and it's a place for all. And that, that is huge because like, I mean, I know you, you benefit so much from the practice and us instructors, but also on the flip side, from my perspective, like people like yourself who just fell in love with the practice right away and committed and it's a part of your daily routine. That for me is so inspiring. Like when I see students who are just growing and evolving and changing, it's the most fulfilling thing to be able to witness that from my point of view. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And um, even like, 
personality shift, even from just practicing it and learning how to stay calm. Or even when I do presentations, um, I've really learned, like, for example, one of the poses that I hate doing and, um, specifically, I think every time you instruct, you have the option of letting everyone skip it. And I always skip it or <laughs> <laughs> like always skip it, but I should not skip it because I hate it because it gives me anxiety when I do it. Let me guess. Camel pose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I never do it ever. <laughs> like I did it twice and I was like, uh-uh. And then I, I can't remember who was instructing, but they were like, it's supposed to, it doesn't, it's not going to feel good because you're learning how to breathe through a difficult, difficult position. And I'm like, no, I'm not freaking doing it. I'm not doing it, but I should really learn how to do it because if you think about it, you're learning how to breathe in a difficult situation. You're actually forcing yourself to do it. Whereas once you come into life and you deal with a difficult situation, you're going to learn how to breathe through it. Like you're going to know how to breathe through it. Um, but my stubbornness hasn't gotten there yet, but I'm sure it will get there. Soon. <laughs> I'm actually glad that you share that because a big reason why I say if you're comfortable here, stay is one, because I know a lot of people dislike that pose. And two, I usually skip it in my own personal practices, but yeah, I, I know I, I should be, uh, not skipping it for people like yourself. Like that's great feedback for me because yeah, when you're doing that pose, it looks like the most simple pose and you're doing a backbend, but it's because you get an adrenaline rush that gets sent through your entire body when you do it. And it's that moment, like that fight or flight where you're like, hey, I need to control my breath. I need to breathe through it and stay with it because it really builds up that heat. And yeah, it does. Like, I, need, I need out of this pose. I need to get out of it. And <laughs> Actually, though. <laughs> But you really should. I'm gonna never say skip it, <laughs> and I'm gonna say you need to. Yeah, I know it's it's funny though, but it, it's so true. Like you need to like learn how to do it. Do yeah. you do you think that there's like a specific practice that or style of practice that you would recommend to the audience that's listening if they were to try yoga for the first time or during their journey, maybe like certain ones hit differently. And I know we've talked about this before, um, like specifically for me, uh, if I'm going through like a really like hard day, I love having flow just because I'm able just to like move faster with my body. Whereas if I'm maybe having a more like sad day, let's just say, for example, um, I like just moto and then just taking it slow and just doing it in my own pace. But what would you recommend um, as an instructor for people? I love that you attach like an emotion with the practices. Um, yeah. It's interesting because uh, like there's so many different styles of yoga out there. Yeah. And I obviously strong heartedly believe in moto, which is a Hatha practice. And Hatha is described as the moving meditation, which you know from experience, we go through about 40 yoga poses in the course of an hour or 75 minutes. And you're, you're moving your body, but it's your breath that's guiding you. And you really find that connection between breath and movement. So yeah. the thing that I love the most about Modo is the accessibility. It is so accessible to every single person. You, yeah. we, we have people who are 16 years old who practice all the way up to in their 80s. And everyone experiences their own type of benefits in and throughout the practice. You can modify. We encourage that you always listen to your body. It is your greatest guide. We are just there as as support in the room. Um, totally. And so what I recommend is, of course, moto. <laughs> yeah, especially if you're a beginner, because I remember when my first one, obviously, was moto, because that's what you guys recommend when you're first starting. Um, and my mom was like, no, Natalie, like, you're way more fit than me. I can never do the same class as you. I'm like, mom, no, like, to be honest, I'm usually the youngest person in the room at most, like most days. Yeah. She's like, no, no, no. Like there's no way. And I'm like, mom, I swear, like yeah. you can do this too. It is like, it doesn't matter. And a lot of people have that misconception mm -hmm. 
and we're going to get into that. But yeah. and yoga is for every single body. And that's what's so amazing. You, it could be your first time practicing in the room or your thousandth time. Yeah. And you're each going to benefit from it in your own ways. And that's a beautiful thing. And that's where, you know, there's no competition. There's no judging. We typically, on average, we typically have a new person in every class or someone who's in their intro month, which means there's always beginners there. And I understand that feeling of anxiety and being overwhelmed to try something new. And because I've been there, like, even in the workout world, you know, you try a new fitness class and you're like, what are people going to think about me? They're going to be so much better. Yeah. I'm so out of shape. I can't do this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, and we experience that at the studio all the time. And I love, I love that I get to, because I am the studio manager as well. And I'm there almost every single day that I get to see these people come in who are new and See their nerves and 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 I always know when someone's nervous based on the questions they ask and the way they come in through the door and I love when they come in because I know that I can make them feel welcomed yeah. and calm and grounded and like just ready to try something new so I love that that's my favorite and to see them then grow from that even from day one in their intro month to day 30 yeah totally people it's like day and night I know. And even thinking back to my first class, I was so out of shape. Like what the hell? And then I think back now and I'm like, the only thing that like, sometimes depending on the instructor, I don't even like really sweat. Um, and then some I do and it, like, but obviously that's my own choice because that's usually when I'm having a sad class <laughs> that I don't sweat. <laughs> as much. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's really like really interesting and I, I, I like the growth out of it and I like how you're able to see all that. And I need, I know even personally my growth when I first came in, well, I think I don't even, I think I told you, I don't like to talk to people when I'm there. I just say hi. And then like I sneak past and sometimes I just smile and sneak past. I just always do that because I like to get in like my own zone and like in the moment. And I like it because I'm not actually from Barry. So I don't see anyone I know and I love it. Like I, yeah. I love it. Um, but to get more back like on topic, look, I know this, our next kind of topic is the stigma of um, you have to be flexible to do yoga or it's only stretching. And I know we kind of have briefly talked about it, but I want to dive deeper into it because I think mm -hmm. it's a really important topic, especially for my mom that's listening and everyone else that's <laughs> the same way. But even me, like when I first started, I was like, I don't want to do yoga because I don't want to just stretch. Like I want to build muscle or I want to sweat or like, I, I'm not as like, like, it sounds bad, but like, you know, on like media, you think of a person that does yoga is this really thin girl that is just really flexible has been doing gymnastics their whole life, like stuff like that. But it's not like that. Like, and I think the media has a really bad um, representation of like who can practice yoga. And it does, it's not about your body style or your age or anything like that. It's just like being in a space that you're able to be yourself and kind of take it at your own pace. What are your thoughts on it? I am so passionate about this topic because over the eight years that I've been involved in the yoga community, I have. I have had so many conversations about this and I remember at my yoga training, it's what really sparked it. One of the co-founders of Moto, Ted, he, he touches on the subject very strongly and he's also very passionate about the, the, the way the media portrays yoga, all these brands that portray it. And it's true. You see the same type of person. You see the skinny girl, nice butt, yeah. Tight yoga pants who can bend their body in everything. Incredible, yeah. <laughs> unimaginable ways. And it's hard because that's what people see. That that is their first impression. So yeah. immediately they're like, I can never do yoga. And I can't even do those poses. I look at these yeah. incredible and, and there's I I do have to say, 
I, I know a lot of incredible people that can bend their bodies that way. And, and years of practice, mind you, like years, well, <laughs> like of flexibility, not necessarily yeah. yoga, but like the people that I know that can do poses like that, they've been doing gymnastics or dance their entire life. That's what it comes down to is, and that's what he touched so much on at training is I, I will never be able to do the back bends how some people do because that's not how my body is made up. So for instance, every, every person is built differently. So if you're seeing these yoga poses and you're like, I want to do that, I want to do that. Yes, there's tools that you can do and additional training to try and achieve those goals. But at the end of the day, if your body is, if you have a more broader, like a broad chest or mm-hmm. you have bigger muscles, you're bigger bones, you're not going to get into those shapes. Yeah. So don't stress yourself out thinking that that's what you need to do. And yeah, I look at, I look at these, uh, we see it so much now and, and yoga has been very westernized which is Mm -hmm. again like a very controversial topic but I think if we can remind people that you know your yoga practice is for your body mind and soul and it's to find that balance and that connection between those three along with your breath and I'm sure you can say nothing in the moto sequence is out there you know and yeah I, I like to take eagle pose for example and if you don't know what I'm talking about <laughs> it's okay you will one day because you're gonna do <laughs> yoga but even I have many men who come up to me and say Ali I'll never be able to bind my arms like I can't do it I've been doing yeah. yoga for so long and I'm like look at your chest I'm like you're very muscular yeah. you're very broad I'm like you will never be able to pull your arms together and that's okay. Don't stress about it. <laughs> Absolutely. I know. And that's why there's modifications. And honestly, for the people that, because usually you guys start with the poses that have the modifications. And then for those that want to add more strength to it or whatever, have a little bit more of a challenge, they've been practicing yoga long enough that they know how to make those adjustments. So that's why I enjoy it is that like, you're always going to start with what makes sense for everyone. And then whoever does have that more skilled expertise and they're able to make those adjustments themselves. And I'm sure you know from personal experience, like when you're talking about your emotions, when you're sad or when you're yeah. pumped up, like you're, we call it a practice because it changes each and every day. So yeah. let's say you went into a pose yesterday that was challenging for you and it's like, okay, now I can do this every day. Maybe tomorrow you're either not going to be able to do it or not going to want to do it because it's totally. not what your body needs. Yeah. Or you're like shaking. You're like, what the heck? I did this yesterday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, true. but also to touch on uh, like the different levels. So we focus on our moto sequence, which is for everybody. And then we, we have um, like yin classes that are deep stretching. And then we have the flow classes, which you love and flow is challenging. There's no sugarcoating it. It is a challenging practice. But if you have a good foundation of your moto practice, I tell everyone, try it once. Give it a try and and go at your own pace. And when you tell people that, then they have not necessarily a goal to work towards, but it's something that they can continue to practice. Yeah, and, I'm terrified due to flow for my first time. Like terrified. Because yeah. the word flow to me means abs. Like, right? Like that's with, without knowing too much about yoga before, like the word flow to me is like abs. Like mm-hmm. that's it. So I was like, oh crap, what's going to happen? <laughs> my first one, I got my ass kicked, but now I like, it's my favorite one. And if I had to go every single day of the week just to that, I would. Yes. And, and it's so energizing with the music and I love flow too, but from personal experience, I have been dealing with wrist injuries. Mm. So for someone who loves flow like you, I couldn't do flow for a really long time. And I really turned to my moto practice because I could do it. And I've had many conversations with people over the years who are like, I don't like moto. It's boring. I just like flow. (laughs) And I get so like offended by it because 
I have to be in the mood for it for me. Like I, I, again, I have to be in my sad spot. No, not always. Like when I, when I practice, well, this is what it's like for me. Like when I do flow, I want it for the workout. Mm -hmm. That's why I do flow. Not necessarily for like the mindset. It's specifically for me for the workout. Whereas moto is completely different. It's a completely different like practice for me. It's all about mindset, breathing, like, I had a tough day, like those kind of things. Whereas is flow like Saturday morning, I got to work out. Like mm-hmm. that, that's what it's like for me. So I relate to you in that way of like, I appreciate it more. Yeah. And even because I'm sure a lot of people will relate to how you feel about it, but even though you're getting that workout aspect more in a flow class, there's so much benefit happening oh totally mentally so it's like you just had a cup of coffee like I don't have coffee on Saturdays well now not because of freaking COVID but (laughs) I used to just do flow and not have coffee like actually and it would energize me that much Mm -hmm. I love that It, it is it is it's incredible um I love how the studio offers such variety and and again it brings it back to that accessibility so that you know, we've also really been introducing new fitness classes because people, they want everything under the same roof. So we're like, if we can provide people with Pilates or bar classes or hit classes, then we're offering everything under the same roof and you're able to create your routines and more benefits. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love that. Okay, so let's switch gears a little bit. Let's chat about your other uh, love of your life, which is Monet. Um, so for those, list, for, for those that are listening, can you just explain what it is um, and how you have implemented it in your self-care routine? Yeah, so yeah, it's definitely my other love. <laughs> and um, so Monet, we are... It stands for Modern Nature, and we are a premium hair care company. So I've been with Monet for two years now, and basically we sell hair care, and we just launched skincare in September. Okay. And it's it's such an incredible company because, like you said, it's, it's geared towards self-care. Yeah. I have never loved washing my hair and doing my hair more than ever before. And I always embody that bun life yoga clothes lifestyle yeah and I I remember going to work some days and being like like I just didn't feel good because I wasn't taking care of myself yeah um like the front the way I look yeah (laughs) and I remember when I started with Monet it gave me that new energy and that confidence to want to do my hair to want to you know take care of my skin and do my makeup and that alone has given me such a new outlook on on beauty products and self-care and really shifting to clean natural products so that's why we really stand out is because we're plant-based products a lot of oils like essential oils in the products and uh of course hair care is our number one and we're different because we we gear products towards your hair type. So it's not one size fits all. It's what are your goals? What type of hair do you have? Is your scalp oily or dry? And then we bundle together the shampoo, conditioner, and if you want styling products, we bundle that together to gear towards you. Yeah. No, I love that. What made you want to start with Monet in the first place? Like how did that even begin? So it's actually a very interesting story. I, I've of course been at the studio for eight years now, and I actually went through a very huge transition period about two years ago, where I left my job at the studio. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> and did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, I actually left the studio. My manager position. Uh, I wasn't teaching much because. I just always had this mindset of nothing is enough. I need more. I need more. Yeah. I, I need to try everything. And I had it in my head that like corporate life was the life. 
Uh, oh, it's already, <laughs> I heard it. <laughs> uh, just, I, I knew you would like this story. <laughs> and so my mom's a flight attendant with Air Canada, and I, I went through about a six-month period of applying and I went through all the interviews the whole process I was like I got this I have nailed this quit the studio filled my position there literally my last day at the studio of 15 minutes before it was done and Rosanna was there like the owner the new manager was there I was there I got the email saying you did not get the job Ugh. and like my whole world I, I was falling my whole world just like crashed in that moment and yeah. I was like what have I just done and I went home Josh and I had just started house sitting for for friends and I remember when there was that night and everything made me cry like a guy in the NHL game got his first goal and I just started bawling <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah I uh I left the studio I didn't have a job <laughs> I literally was like, what have I just done? And so Air Canada actually offered me a position at their like contact center in Toronto. So here I am after two weeks being welcomed into this life of commuting, <laughs> this, life, yeah. this life of corporate and this life of just being a number and being a nobody. And yeah, and that hurt the soul. I was... I struggled and I only lasted two months because I realized that I could not do this and this was not for me. So I made the decision because I was still living at home with my family. I made the decision to leave that opportunity and just take some time off. And in that month, like I was practicing yoga so much, I was just taking each day as it came. And again, back to that, like when things just fall into place. Yeah. Um, the 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 wonderful woman who took over my role at the studio she ended up getting an opportunity of a lifetime that she had always wanted and I got I went back into my position it was it was a slow process just because um of course like a lot of things happened and I'm so grateful that Rosanna took me back with open arms like we always maintained a wonderful relationship uh, so in that month that I was off, I know I just got so off track there, but it all comes <laughs> together <laughs> in that month that I was off my, my friend, Teresa, who was my upline in the company reached out to me about the opportunity. And I was sitting in my room. I'm like, I don't have a job. I really <laughs> have no direction with my life right now. Um, sure. How much is it? Let's put it on the credit card and move on. Yeah, Why not? Why not? I literally in that moment was like, I have absolutely nothing to lose yeah. and everything to gain. So I had never even tried the product. And I was like, cool, you have really nice hair. You went from having like not so nice hair to the best hair. They, they got to be good, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I invested so much time and energy into that. And then of course, other things in my life started to unfold. And it's been two years since I joined the company and it's definitely been a roller coaster with MLM companies, multi-level marketing there. I know we're going to touch on the stigma around them. Oh, get on it. Yeah. Like add on to it. Let's get on it. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> there's like that mindset that you have to really step into. Like I am a business owner. I, yes, I don't have brick and mortar and I don't have all this overhead, but I have a business and I have a product and I have, something to offer to people. Yep. So it took me a long time to really get into that mindset. And now two years later, I finally feel like I'm in that position where I can offer mentorship and, and lead and guide a team. Yeah. And that was really important to me just with my leadership role at the yoga studio. I, I just knew I had to, I don't know why I separated things so much. Like I'm a leader in one part of my life, but I couldn't be a leader in another part. <laughs> it's so interesting to me. Um, but just doing a lot of, of self-work and, and 
self-growth to get to this position. I, yeah, I'm so excited to, to share the opportunity because I think a lot of people could benefit from it in their lives. And at this point for me, the products, they sell themselves. I know what it's done for my hair. I see the before and afters. And even just knowing that I'm putting clean, safe products onto my scalp, on my face, which has, with my self-care routine, it's opened up a whole new world of, okay, what am I using to wash my counters? What kind of soap am I using? Everything is absorbed by your skin. Totally agree. I've been, well, you obviously know I have a dog and ever since I got my dog, I don't know why that was my breakthrough, but it was my breakthrough. I was like, what am I using that's chemicals in my entire house? Like I went psycho and I was just like cleaning products, like, like for, to clean my floor for the longest time, I couldn't find a product that I loved, but I trusted. So I would literally use vinegar and water. Like I went back to that because I was like, I don't know what to, like, I don't want her walking around on her feet and then like licking her feet. Like it, it freaked me out. Yeah. And people would call me crazy. And and obviously I found there, well, nowadays there's better products that you're able to, they're accessible and you're able to buy them and you don't have to use vinegar and water. But, um, I was worried because I don't want her to like consume chemicals. And then I started thinking like, Oh, like her, like I should be worried about myself too. Like, what am I using? And that's when I, I reached out to you about obviously the, like the products and whatnot, because I'm interested in it. I'm interested in like the whole self-care and taking care of yourself. And I mean, the, putting something on your head in your scalp is important. Mm-hmm. Imagine everything else, like the chemicals that are going, oh, it's just, it could, well, I'm sure oh. forever about it, but it, it's crazy. And it, even, it is. Yeah. I'm not sure where I was going with that, but (laughs) sorry, sorry, keep going. (laughs) No, I actually have no idea what I was saying, (laughs) but it's true. We could literally talk about it forever because once you start getting your mind open to one type of like self-care, it's even as simple as like yoga. Okay. Now I'm involved in this world and I've learned so much and grown so much from it. And then I met Monet and this world and I'm like, okay, all of their values and, and their, their missions and goals, they line up with what I believe in. Yeah. And that's what I loved about it right off the bat. Like the, the community aspect of Monet. Okay, great. I love community. Like the yoga community is the best thing in the world. (laughs) Um, that's how we met. Yeah. But just, just having something that aligned with, with my beliefs and, and it, and it all comes under self-care self-care and and self-growth self-development I love I love that me too I love it and I even love like I just love watching people doing it I love being a part of it I love everything about it yes this brings the next topic and I know we slightly um talked about it well prior to this recording but the stigma between the multi-level marketing and I mean enough said I'm sure everyone's listening like yeah, like I've heard of it. I believe in it or whatever. I mean, I even was like, what the heck? Like, cause it's, it's the way that people are just talking about it. It's the same way as seeing people on, um, social media with Mar- uh, with yoga. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's the way the media portrays it, but what are your thoughts on it? Yeah. So it's definitely, um, something that I've really had to work through in these last two years to yeah. build that level of respect with my followers, my, my own network of people. And it has changed so much. Like when I first started selling Monet, people laughed at me like, okay. And I knew, I knew in my heart that once I got into this, you know, okay, it's been six months, it's been a year. Now it's been almost two years. The fact that I've been in it for two years now, I don't even think about that kind of stuff anymore because I'm taking myself seriously and I know that other people are and and I'm in my network I'm surrounded by so many entrepreneurs and and people like you who mm-hmm. who are doing like unique cool business ventures like podcasts coaching yoga retreats yoga businesses like there's just so many unique uh avenues that you can take in your life and the thing with the stigma around multi-level marketing is I think it got such a bad name when it's been around, multi-level marketing has been around for 
so long. Like Lovers. our parents yeah. have friends who have been doing, doing it for a long time. And it, it's how people portray them, you totally. know? And it's, a, it's in any world, any, any business world, there's going to be people who are doing it and doing it well and authentically and successfully. And then there's people who are doing it the opposite. <laughs> I totally agree with that. And I, I, I truly think it's the sales process. I truly think it's the sales process with any company. Like if you're thinking of like selling something and I was talking about this the other day, I've been getting so many freaking DMS on LinkedIn that are like, Hey Natalie, I love your profile picture. Do you want to buy this from me? Or like, Hey, you should join this because I, you need it. Okay. First of all, you just, you, you know me because you just search me somehow on LinkedIn you yeah. firstly DM me and you sell me right away. That's the shit that puts people having sour mouths with like, the word multi-level marketing is because that's what yeah. they think it is. Whereas like what you're doing is completely different. You're trying to help evolve people's self-care and help them basically t take care of themselves. Think of themselves as taking control of their own life rather than like DMing someone like some fake bullshit. Basically like, yeah. And it's, it's the sales process and that, and it does put a bad taste in people's mouths. And that whole culture of just reaching out to someone and, and, and doing that, like, no people nowadays either want to support local or they want to support people that they know and have a connection and a relationship with. And yeah, people want to know your story. Yeah. You want to build that trust. And I've even had I've even had people in my Monet world DM me being like, "Hey, want to sell shampoo?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Dude, I already sell it. Like, <laughs> not even look at my profile." Yeah, literally. And and it's and a lifestyle, people, not like it's a lifestyle, mm -hmm. not a selling process. I like I totally yeah. believe in that. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I mean by like the products just end up selling themselves. No matter what you do, you're gonna have haters. Like, no matter yeah. what you do, like no matter what you say, no matter how you do it, no matter like you'd be dancing in the kitchen, having a blast and someone would still hate it. They'd be like, why is she so happy? Like, yeah. like no matter what you do, you're going to have haters. So that's how I think of it. And even from me starting like my coaching and like this journey of the podcast, I had people unfollow me on social media that were like, Oh my God, she's annoying. And I don't even care. Like yeah. uh, for me, it never bothered me because I was already at that spot of like not caring, but for someone that's not used to it, it can totally freaking suck. And it can, it can hold you back from starting something that you truly want to start with your life. And I think that's what you're doing. And I, I think it's great. Well, thank you. But it took me a long time. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it, it, in the last two years, the thing that has held me back the most is the fear of what other people think and the yeah. judgments that they have towards me. And I really had to, like you get into that mindset of you're gonna have haters anyways but think about people like oprah or these these people that are we feel are so above us they yeah. have haters they get they get mean messages totally. because, because people are afraid of people's being successful and that's why like i love the relationships that i've built with people where you're you have a successful business you're trying to reach your goals I'm doing the same. Let's collaborate and support each other and build each other up. Exactly. And that for me with Monet is, is, is the biggest takeaway from it is that sense of community and, and women supporting women. And at the end of the day, I, to, to get messages, I have, I have VIPs that message me and say, you know, wow, I can't believe how many compliments I've got on my hair. I've never gotten compliments like this. And these are what, like women who are ranging from, you know, like 20 to 60. Yeah. And to hear someone say that, I'm just like. Totally. Hair is huge. It's huge. It's huge. <laughs> yeah. It is a big deal. And, and some people are like, whatever, shampoo, it's hair. Who cares? No. You got it. It's the it's confidence behind it. It's the self-love. It's, it's feeling good about yourself. It's wanting to do it for yourself. Like 
wanting to actually show up for yourself. Yes. Yeah. And, and so back to like the whole stigma and, and, and that negativity around it too. Um, a lot of, a lot of people, you know, they hear something or they read something and then that's their, that's their opinion. People, people don't take the time these days to build their own opinions or investigate for themselves. You know, you read one thing on the internet. Oh, must be true. That's the answer. Yeah, Yeah. that's it. I did so much work to figure that out. I know. (laughs) And, and one thing that I, I love to share is Bill Gates was asked if he, if he could start over, what would he do? And he said, if I could go back and, or if right now he had to start from scratch, he said, I would join a multi-level marketing company. And that's Bill Gates. He's like, it is the smartest thing that anyone can do. Do you know what's funny? And I I don't want to get too off topic, so I'll briefly touch upon it. um, with my full-time job, I build business strategies that's going to help the company grow. So I don't do it on my own. Obviously I was just contributing Mm -hmm. to the idea. And I, what we do is we we're an outsourced HR company and we're looking to grow and what we want to partner with, um, another massive company that's from the States coming into Canada. Uh, We've already partnered with them and they're basically like, how are you going to be able to deliver? Like you're a small business. How are you going to be, how are you going to be able to deliver what we expect from you? So that was my job to figure that out. So I got my whiteboard and I figured it out. And this is like multi-level marketing inspired me. And I figured out how to get it done without hiring a thousand people with keeping a small team of 20 that we have now and still getting the job done. And it sold, it sold the partnership. So like just from thinking about that, because and it's, we don't do anything toward like anything in the same sense. We don't do, we don't like sell a product that you have with your own hands and you walk out with it. We sell an idea and we sell a concept and we sell trust and support. And that inspired me through building that model and it's rock solid. And that's how we've built the company and we're going to continue to do so. And, um, it's, it's built a lot of partnerships because of that idea. So I think if you, people have a sour taste of multi-level marketing, you got to think of it differently because it's, Mm -hmm. it's going to make the world go around. That just give me chills because it's it's true. It's like I I have I have um there's women in this company who are like 19 or 20 or just so young and 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 it clicked for them. They were like, I see this opportunity, I'm gonna take it and I'm gonna run for it. And like there's a girl in the company who's 25, her husband doesn't work, she has kids, retired hairstylist, and she's just leveling up with this. And yeah. I feel like, again, back to like society and where, where we should be, they want us to think small. They want us to follow the patterns and the habits and, and not think big and dream big and, and live outside of the box. But one thing, another, another stigma is people really shit on nine to five jobs in the MLM world. And I love my nine to five. And guess what? I can have an N5 and I can have my, my Monet company. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like I can make double the amount of money, but thank you. Yes. <laughs> and right. And, and people need multiple streams of income nowadays. Yeah. Look at the global situation that we're in right now. And people are really now turning to these opportunities and again, not having anything to lose, but everything to gain. Yeah. It's going to shift the mindset. I think, I think the, I think the only thing that was good about COVID-19, I'm trying to use my words wisely here because people are going to get so mad at me. The only thing good is that people are starting to realize that things aren't permanent and your Mm -hmm. life can change in an instant. And if you're not going to do it now, then when the hell are you going to do it? And I think a lot of people have free time on their hands right now, and they're really starting to work on their side gigs. They're really starting to work on the things that make them feel passionate and like start that yoga and start like that Monet or whatever, start career coaching. And Mm -hmm. they're starting to do things they actually really like doing because they have extra time. And I, I think it's going to be a game changer in the years to come. I truly do think so. I totally agree with you. And I think that people 
like a big takeaway from this whole situation for me was okay i could have i could have chosen a very different schedule or routine for myself during this time because i'm really good at getting into the slums getting into the on my couch netflix and yeah. do nothing and i knew that if i let myself go down that path it was just not it just wasn't going to benefit me or anyone and it's so, so hard to get out of it once you're in it so yes. hard it is the hardest thing ever yeah so i i made the commitment i'm like i have been telling myself for two years that i am too busy and not ready to see the potential of this opportunity that i have held on to for two years and I'm grateful to have this time to focus my energy into it. And it's allowing me to better so many aspects of my life. And I made a post about this and how I'm setting things into place right now in my life that I've always wanted. And it's not extreme things. You know, it's as simple as like a morning routine. And I'm putting these things in place now so that when the time comes that we go back to regular whatever regular life is going to look like. Yeah. These things are going to be non-negotiables for me. They're just going to be my my new habits and a way of my life. Yeah. And that's what I'm most excited about. They did a study and um they did a study, mind you it was in America, but North America, let's just say North America. Um, but it was in America. And they did a study with five hundred people, random people, and they all um, did a survey and 40 to 50% said that they're going to go back to their normal routine. They're going to wake up, commute, do whatever they need to do. 50 to 60% said they're going to wanting to keep their same routine that they have during COVID-19. And they want to take that with them on the decisions that they make later in life. 50 to 60%. That's insane. So everyone's in the same mindset and I think it's going to be uh, changing. I love that. Yeah. Uh, that see, and like, I just, my, my, my quote I read today at the end of my old class that I taught on Zoom was, you know, what is it going to be like when we get out of this? And, you know, I'll have to send it to you. But it was just like, just envisioning what the world is going to look like. And even as simple as expressing more gratitude. And not, yeah, not taking it for granted. Yes. I kick myself in the foot for how many times I didn't end up going to class on like a Saturday, Sunday, just because I wanted to do something else. And I'm like, I so wish I could have that right now. I'm never going to like take anything for granted. Yeah. And, and reminding yourself of that because like, I, I don't know, kind of totally getting off topic, but even my relationship with Josh during mm -hmm. this time has gotten so much better because we don't have the outside noise filtering into our days and or being just, busy like yeah we actually have the time to like just sit down and just have a simple cup of coffee and just yeah. talk about how your day is like because you yeah. have so much extra time I totally agree with that well he's working full time so yeah thank god <laughs> <laughs> but but if I don't have that extra stress and pressure but but now i'm starting to realize like a lot of my stress i it was self-inflicted you know yeah. like i i am in charge of every choice that i make so on days where i'm too busy or i feel overwhelmed or i can't do things dude just learn how to time manage better <laughs> yeah and like it's okay to have days where you do nothing like mm -hmm it's not a mo motivational contest around the world right now. It's like, take it day by day and go with the flow and give yourself ownership of what the things that you need to get done, get them done, but have time for yourself too. And to relax. Cause the last thing we need to do right now is burn ourselves out. Yes. And, and I think, uh, when, when, you know, life does kind of resume going back at a slower pace and, yeah. and, you know, you don't need to fill your calendars with every coffee date and every party and every this, but every that, like, just let it be a slow progression of getting yeah. back into culture shock is huge. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like that's, that's going to hit me. Big time. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, I think that ends off this podcast. What a great way to end it off. Um, but thank you so much for joining, uh, for the people that want to follow you and your journey, where would they find you on social media or however way you want to connect with them? Yeah. So my best way to contact me would be through my Instagram page. It's at Ali Egger, which is A L I E G G E R. And yeah, go check out her page. It's awesome. She's always posting some very motivational posts. I know that the days that I see them, they definitely make my, my day brighter. So go check her out. Okay, awesome. Well, thanks for coming on. And for everyone that's listening, if you like this, then be, be sure to share it on your Instagram and tag both of us on Instagram at Your Leader in Red and as well as Allie. Um, and guys, I will catch you in the next episode.